Welcome to another episode of Follow the Brand. I am your host, Grant McGaw, CEO of Five Star BDM, a five-star personal branding and business development company. I want to take you on a journey that takes another deep dive into the world of personal branding and business development using compelling personal stories, business conversations, and tips to improve your personal brand. By listening to the Follow the Brand podcast series, you will be able to differentiate yourself from the competition and allow you to build trust with prospective clients and employers. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. Make it one that will set you apart, build trust, and reflect who you are. Developing your five-star personal brand is a great way to demonstrate your skills and knowledge. If you have any questions for me or my guests, please email me at grant.magaw, spelled M-C-G-A-U-G-H, at 5star BDM, B for brand, D for development, M for masters.com. Now let's begin with our next five-star episode on Follow the Brand. Welcome to the Follow the Brand podcast. I am your host, Grant McGall, CEO of Five Star BDM, where we help you to build a five-star brand that people will follow. Do you make the best decisions with the information, education, and knowledge at your disposal? Are you actively and consistently seeking to build a community of people who have a singularity of purpose and mission? My next guest, Felicia C. Turnley does. She has been a pillar of strength at Memorial West Hospital and leads with a philosophy of continuous learning and advocates for all within her circle of influence. Continuous networking and applied knowledge are very important in possessing executive presence. Healthcare is a team sport, says Turnley. To be an effective operations leader, you must be ready, flexible, collaborative, and creative to meet the day-to-day challenges. Learning and growth experience must all work together. It is all about the patients we serve at Memorial West Hospital, says Felicia Turnley. The importance of networking cannot be overstated to stand out in your profession Ask the critical questions when working with leadership. Learning to process and model the information gained by putting them into practice will lead you to new opportunities. Felicia Cephas Turnley is the Chief Operating Officer at Memorial West in Pembroke Pines, Florida. In this capacity, she assists with the day-to-day operations of the facility, working directly with leaders in maintaining quality, safety, and service excellence for the patients served. As a member of the administrative team, she assists in strategic planning to achieve the organization's mission, vision, and long-term goals. She is a fellow of the American College of Healthcare Executives and a National Association of Health Services Executives member. Ms. Turnley is a member of the Broward County Alumni Chapter of the Delta Sigma Theta Sorority and Mount Hermon AME Church in Fort Lauderdale. Felicia holds a Bachelor of Science degree in Business Administration from Beret College in Beret, Kentucky, 
and a Master of Science in Hospital and Health Administration from the University of Alabama in Birmingham, Alabama. Miss Turnley enjoys time with her friends and family, especially her two beautiful daughters, Alexandria and Ariel. Let us welcome Felicia C. Turnley to the Follow Brand Podcast, where we are building a five-star brand that you can follow. Welcome, everyone. I want to help everybody understand what executive presence is truly all about. I've got a lot of people that are involved in different associations. I've got a lot of people that work in all different hospital systems, specifically here in South Florida, whether you're at Jackson Health System, whether you're at Broward Health, whether you are at Memorial Healthcare System. And I wanted to talk to someone who's been in the field for a number of years, who's seen the seasons come and go in a way that she has the eye. I call it the eye of the tiger. And so we're going to talk to the tiger today in the form of Miss Felicia Turnley. And she's, she's been wonderful enough to join me on, on the podcast. And we want to have a candid conversation about her and her journey and how she's doing during these days and times. So Felicia, you'd like to introduce yourself? Good afternoon, Grant. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, I am Felicia Turnley, as you said. I am the Chief Operating Officer for Memorial Hospital West here in Pembroke Pines, Florida. Uh, I have been with Memorial Healthcare System for about 20 years, 20, 20, almost 21 years, and here at West for uh, about 17 years, 18 years now. So um, I've seen a lot. <laughs> But I've been in healthcare now for over 30 years, so it has been an interesting experience, an exciting experience, and I really enjoy what I do. I, you know, you just reminded me of so I just not did not realize that Memorial West has been at that location for 17 or 18 years. It's like I remember when they oh. just built it. Actually, Memorial West has been here much longer. I um, Memorial West is now actually 30 years old. We celebrated our 30th birthday uh, in May. Um, we opened in 1992, and uh, I was not here when it opened. I've, uh, like I said, only been here about um, 17 or 18 years now. Um, but we, the hospital, has been here um, oh, 30 years now, and we opened as a small 100-bed hospital here in Pembroke Pines before there was a lot here, I understand. I've been told there were cow pastures here, there were a lot of open land, and now Pembroke Pines has just grown tremendously. I believe that. It was after Andrew kind of drove people from you know, South Dade and, and they found this new world up here. Now you've got Miramar is huge, Pembroke Pines is huge. And Memorial West has been this beacon out there, and it's just been there actually, for so long. Yes, actually, that's one of the things that I think has truly driven the growth for Memorial Hospital West. Uh, we opened in May of 1992. Hurricane Andrew hit, as many people will remember, in August of 1992. And from that point forward, um, Memorial Hospital West continued to grow because many people there's a mass exodus out of Miami, if we remember, and it was a lot. There were a lot of people who uh, moved up to the Pembroke Pines, Miramar area, and as a result, um, Memorial Hospital West has not stopped growing. 
we have been here to meet the needs of the community that has and it has been constant. So that has been uh, an exciting part of the growth for this this hospital and the healthcare system, definitely. I think it's wonderful for the system because you've got hospitals now right in Miramar. You got another hospital in Pembroke Pines. You're pretty much, uh, you know, you, you've got the, the the major hospital that's been in Hollywood for a long time, but you you've got that flagship right there on Flamingo that, that that's been there, kind of waving that flag, which has been wonderful. And you've been doing it for a long time, uh, to the point where we want to reflect just a little bit, just a little bit, you know, as you look at your career. And I know you you're a child of the South. You're coming from uh, Alabama. You went to school in Kentucky, and then you got your master's in Alabama, and you came down here to Florida to help us, you know, in our time of need, right? Which I, <laughs> I appreciate yeah, yeah. that. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. And you, you've done, you know, I think you've done some time in West Palm Beach and then in, yeah. in Broward County and those type of things. Now, as you look at your career and you look back and you start thinking about where you see people today, executives today that are in healthcare, younger. Now, where you're here now, and you see that gap in like, you know, I wish I would have done that in my career. What would you say to that? Well, there are a lot of things. I think as we reflect back, we may say, and then we we put ourselves in action. You know, um, I think as I look back in, in my early years, and especially coming out of grad and my graduate program, um, I often think that the whole aspect of networking and um, continuous networking uh, is so important and being making sure that you are a part of the community that you're in and you're serving and um, getting to know the individuals, not just in healthcare but within the community. Um, I, I think that especially being a part of community hospitals, we have to make sure we are a part of the cities and the counties where we work. And so it's so that's so important. So I think that's something that I've had to learn through the process and learn through the years and not something necessarily that was taught. And so much of what we we experience is, is truly the experience and not what we are taught in the process. Uh, and so that's so important. You know, as we continue down that line, networking, and when I know digital networking is in play now, still need to have physical networking. People need to know who you are and what you do because you never, no one know, knows when they may end up in a hospital situation. You know, typically, they, they don't. It's always nice to know somebody that's involved in the, in the system. They can at least give advice if they're not at your facility to kind of help them. So I truly appreciate that. Now, from a career perspective, as people, as you've seen, you know, you went back, you went to school, you got your MHA, you got your higher education, and then now you've seen a lot of others, you know, coming into the industry and they're wanting to pursue a career similar to yours, you know, you're, you're taught, I know a lot of people always say, yeah, we're taught to be CEOs, we're taught to be this, we're taught to be that, you're taught to be leaders. I don't know if you can jump right out of school and, and run a hospital. Uh, I, I don't think so. So what, what advice no. would you give someone that, you know, w- would help them on their trajectory? 
Well, you definitely need the education and higher education, uh, master's level um, by all means. But even with that, I think it's important for people, young people to understand that you're not going to finish your master's and become the CEO and run, you know, a hospital and organization. You need some experience. You need to gain um, the knowledge. Healthcare is ever-changing. And so we have to always stay on our game. We have to constantly um, be uh, learning, um, going to conferences, trying to understand where this whole field is, is going. And so that's one thing. You want to gain your master's, but be a continuous learner in the process. Very important. Um, you have to build those relationships. We, this is a relationship um, field. It's, it's meeting people, working with people. Um, we do not work in silos. In order to run a hospital, to provide care for our patients, we don't do it in a silo, just one department or one person. It's a team. It's a team working together. And so you have to be a team player. This is a team sport, so to say. Um, so that is very important in, in interacting with people. You have to be an excellent communicator. Um, that includes not just um, verbally, face-to-face, in writing, but you have to be an active listener and observer because we need to observe our surroundings. We need to understand uh, what's not being said to us so that we can glean from that and be able to react to from, from that as well. And so that is um, so important. Um, and then as we've talked about, the, the ongoing networking that comes with being a part of this, um, this arena. And it's growing, you know, not just in the healthcare and meeting people, but like I said, in the community and those we serve and just being here for the community is so important. And so those are some of the important key points. So it's not just the education, it's being that well-rounded individual that comes with that. I might totally agree with that. Now, I want to ask you this question, because this is around leadership. This is our executive presence season. And we, we just talked about how Memorial West really got started and grew. And that was because of a crisis, the crisis of a hurricane in, in Andrew and caused people to have to migrate and, and move. You just went through another crisis, COVID-19. No one saw that coming. Now you're the operations officer of the hospital. That had to be a challenging situation because the operations, the normal workflows are changing. How did that affect you as a as an executive? Well, I think one thing that it brought to mind is that um, we have to always just be ready and flexible because you never know what's coming your way. None of us had ever experienced this before, um, not in, in health healthcare period. And so we had to be creative. <clears throat> we had to make sure, bottom line, first off, was always making sure our patients are taken care of and our staff taken care of. And we had to rely on infectious disease experts and CDC guidelines as we made some decisions very quickly um, because if people remember, you know, it seemed like everything was going well and then all of a sudden, lockdown and things were changing. 
And so we had to figure out how do we operate differently in this new paradigm that we're in. And so um, it, it brings to point that, you know, we're, we're not always experts. We have to rely, once again, it's a relationship situation. You have to rely on other experts sometimes to be able to bring in information and then make the very best decisions that you can at that point in time. And for us, it quickly became setting up specific units where we were able to care for COVID patients um, and be able to make sure that our staff were safe with the appropriate PPE, with masks and gowns and things that were needed. And um, then as the numbers grew, it meant we had to convert more units. Uh, and more units. And so that became a constant. You're try and we tried to stay ahead of it. So you're, we're, we're constantly looking at, you know, what are the community, what's happening in the community, what's happening in the state. Um, we're reaching out to colleagues, maybe even in New York, where it's happening faster than happening here and getting feedback from them of how they were um, dealing with things. And in, eventually we ended up having to set up even units for non-COVID patients in our auditoriums, in our classrooms, even at one point in time, even in our cafeterias. And the impact of that um, to, you know, everybody, our staff, our physicians, um, it, it, has, it, it has been an interesting time. It's been a, a challenging time, um, but we've gotten over the worst of it, I, I should say. Um, but it, it was it was very interesting. It was a learning experience and, and a growth experience. And I often say to staff that, you know, together we can achieve so much. And when we put our heads together, when we work together, and it truly was uh, a time such as that, that we all had to work together and everyone gave it their all. And we really appreciate that because it's all about our patients that we serve. I, you know, you just just that define leadership. That's leadership. Leadership is not something you read in a book. Leadership is in the in the field, in the action, in the because people are looking up to you when they just have given their all. They've worked 12, 14 hours and people are still coming in sick. People are still, you know, you're running out of supplies. You're being tested at every mm-hmm. single level. Talk about a hurricane. That is a human hurricane that hit your hospital, not just for a few hours or just a day, but for two years. Mm-hmm. Two years. Mm-hmm. It, take, it takes a toll. And here you, you're still standing. <laughs> still standing, still standing. And, and it means that we have to be cheerleaders for each other. We have to help uh, help lift people up because it, it's, a, it's been a long two years and it's been hard. And so you have to uh, work together to try to help people get through it because everybody, uh, people have their low times during that, during the process as well. And we still have important roles to play. And so that's a team working together. Um, it's not about, about the I, it's about the team and, and, and the patients that we serve, definitely. Help me understand this. A lot of people don't understand the, the hierarchy, the organization of a hospital. You're the chief operations officer, so you have a certain responsibility. The chief executive officer has uh, another set of responsibilities, and you have a chief financial officer, 
uh, uh, CMO, chief medical officer, they all have to work together. How has your brand as a chief operations officer helped you in your career? Mm-hmm. Well, um, as a chief operate chief operating officer, um, definitely involved in the day to day operations of the hospital. Um, and in our our system and in our hospital, uh, I have several numerous departments um, that I work with directly um, to ensure that they are working efficiently and appropriately to help provide the care to the patient. And then looking at the overall hospital, one of my uh, responsibilities that I've had throughout my career has always been involved with growth, uh, master site planning, um, construction, uh, facility renovation, and so that has been uh, truly important to my brand, I think. And it actually started when I, I came to South Florida and I worked uh, with South Broward, or the North Broward Hospital District, I'm sorry, and actually was um, the seventh person hired at Coral Springs Medical Center before the building was complete. And so I was very instrumental in that as a construction project um, operationalizing, hiring staff, and then, you know, opening and, you know, making that, at that point, 200-bed facility, you know, operational. And so throughout my career, that has become one of the things that I have always been involved in, um, the strategic planning growth, master planning of facilities. And so it has just continued here at Memorial Hospital West, where we are constantly growing um, the most recent projects have included, you know, replacement of, of equipment. We've added 128 flights CT. But one of the bigger uh, projects was when we had three major construction projects coming one after the other. We built a uh, graduate medical education building, followed by then a 120-bed um, unit. Um, at three three floor addition to um, the floors that we had, and then from that a parking garage, a fifteen hundred um, parking space parking garage. So we had uh, a lot going on right from one. But it's exciting to be a part of the planning and design of those. Then the coordination and teamwork to make that happen, and especially when working on clinical projects and making sure that your contractors and engineers recognize that they are working in a facility that's operational. So they have to abide by our rules because we still have to take care of patients in the midst of all of those activities. And so it's the coordination working together, and sometimes you may need to have shutdowns of unit. How do you do that? and still maintain operations. So a lot of logistics are involved in those type of projects. And then getting to the point of, you know, coordination of move-in and making sure that things are uh, working correctly to be able to serve that first patient or provide that first care is very important. And so it's always been a lot of fun. Uh, it's been challenging in itself as well, but I I truly enjoy that, and it has been and it's been a good good experience. Well, I have a newfound appreciation for what you do, you know, because people don't. I, I know I didn't understand this that a hospital 
is a large enterprise and it's a large building enterprise. It's not, obviously you're doing clinical care, but you're doing clinical care inside of a, of a large office building, more or less. And then all the things that you have to do in an office building, you have to do in a hospital. And oh, by the way, mm-hmm. take care of patients, you know, so <laughs> all those things. So yeah. you, I mean, you know, you get your MHA, right? But then you do it. I don't know if they teach this. And I never went to school for an MHA, but I'm like, how do you, you know, you're talking about construction management. That's a, that's, that's, that's a learned skill for sure. It's, they definitely don't teach it. And that's why I say it, it's, we're in a constant learning environment and uh, finding your niche and what you enjoy. And it's all about uh, communication too. And, and also knowing, remind, remembering what's our focus and our goal. Our mission is patient care. And so everything that we do, we wanna make sure we're providing the best care for our patients. We want to maintain those services for our patients. So in the example of the construction projects, whatever we're doing, we cannot interrupt that day-to-day of what we do for our patients. And if there's any perceived notion that that's going to happen, we need to figure out another way around it. And so it becomes challenging, but um, thank God we've always been able to work around and make things happen to make sure that our patients are always served and minimize any impact to them as we grow and provide services for them. Has there, has there been a change? And you talked about, you know, constantly learning, because I've seen the shift in the industry moving from large multi-bed, 100-bed facilities to more micro-hospitals. Are you seeing that trend also happening where you have smaller, more resilient, flexible systems? Yes, yes, yes. That truly is a trend now. Um, smaller facilities, and uh, many are being discussed and built even in this community. And so that's, I think, where the future will possibly be. It'll be interesting to see, you know, as as we, as Memorial Hospital West, even started as that small 100-bed facility, you know, what will come in the future as those facilities um, are, are built. And many will be built with the potential of growth. And, and that's what happens, definitely. I I'm looking forward to it. We do have an older population that will need to 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 get to uh, especially critical care, urgent care facilities very quickly. So the closer they are, uh, the better as our demographic is definitely changing. What, what would you say your three biggest accomplishments have been during your stellar career? This episode is brought to you by Five Star BDM. Five Star BDM is a professional consulting and advisory group keenly focused on business development services for small to mid-sized businesses and entrepreneurs. Although every business is unique, they often share challenges that can be addressed through smart branding. Services include process improvement and operations, digital strategy and transformation, business intelligence, digital marketing, and personal branding. Our five-star business and personal branding company has helped a number of professionals and organizations to optimize and grow. The result is more business, more opportunities, better reach, positive outcomes. Please visit www5
fivestarbdm.com to learn more and view all the episodes of Follow the Brand. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get personal with this one, Grant, because I think that um, my three biggest accomplishments, my first, I will tell you, were would be my, um, my children. I have two, two young ladies now, and as a single parent, um, I have uh, two college graduates. Uh, one has uh, two master's degrees, my oldest daughter has a master's in public administration and another master's in nonprofit management. Um, my youngest daughter was a, a product of um, the COVID-19 class of 2020 undergraduate. Uh, and so she, uh, she finally got a graduation, but now she is off getting her two masters as well. She's a computer science major. And so she is getting a master's in digital uh, forensics and cybersecurity. So I will tell you that um, I, my, my most important and best accomplishment is uh, my, my two young ladies who have grown into beautiful young women, and I am so proud of them. So that is my uh, number one accomplishment, I would say. Um, the second one I will tell you kind of coincides with that in terms of um, mentoring and being there for not just my uh, colleagues and work friends and, and, and work associates, but also for young people. Many of my daughter's friends who may be interested in healthcare or, or anything else, um, being there to mentor them, um, give them guidance, um, suggestions, and that has been another great accomplishment. And, and with that, seeing them develop and achieve their goals in fields of healthcare and other areas as well. And so that has been a true, a true joy as well, to know that I may have had some little uh, involvement with that. And that includes even associates that I have uh, worked with over the years in healthcare. And, and I'm very proud of that. And to be able to say I may have had a little, little piece of that uh, and been a part of that. So that was, that was true as well. Um, the other thing with that, I would say, because I'm going to make it a two-parter because I'm thinking, is this a third one or a fourth one? I think the other is building teams. Uh, it's about people and building teams that work together um, very well and um, being a mentor, but pulling together my colleagues that I work with on a day-to-day basis and helping us to work as a team. Like I said, we're not a we are, this is a team sport. We can't work in silos, but helping everyone to understand that we can achieve so much more as a team and seeing the team come together and work together, enjoy each other. Um, and, And I think that's important. We spend so much time here at work. And so it's important to enjoy those that you work with, to be able to communicate well with them, and feel that you've accomplished something after long days. And so I, I have been very proud of the teams that um, I've worked with, but also mentored to become better teams. And, and that has been a great joy as well. Well, those are great accomplishments without, without question. 
And, and I think one of the biggest accomplishments that you have is, is yourself. You are an expert in your field. You've been doing that, and that's just the proof is in you know the pudding, you know, the the, the body of work as I as I call it. You know, so every time I, I step into Memorial West, I'm sure your fingerprints are probably all over uh, the place. Like, wow, this this is so beautiful. Oh, you really like that, Grant? Yeah, that was my idea. You know, so <laughs> uh, it, it's been wonderful to see how what you've done over uh, your your tenure. You know, you you're a great member of the American College of Healthcare Executives. You are a member of the National Association of Health Services Executives. How do you stay on top of things in, in your particular role? Well, I think it's what you mentioned. It's being a part of those organizations and making sure that you take advantage of uh, the seminars that they have, the networking they have, because it's about um, surrounding ourselves with others who uh, may know. I will tell you, do I feel like I'm an expert? I'm a, I'm a continuous learner. And, and an example, as I gave with the whole COVID situation, no one was the expert on that. And so we had to read a lot, listen to the experts, pull in the experts to say, okay, what do you recommend? How do we go from here? And, and you know, do what we need to do. So it's, it's truly the networking, participating in the organizations, um, ACHI and uh, NASI and, you know, community organizations so that we can learn and, once again, surrounding ourselves with others who may be experts in their field so we can learn a little more because this is a very broad field and so many uh, different aspects of it. And so it's, it's a constant learning process, definitely. Okay, I want to ask you one more question. Really, I'm going to unplug and have you just answer it the way you would like to totally answer it. Here's what I get from feedback from my listeners, my audience, and it's nationwide. Got a lot of different people at certain points of their career, and they have challenges. And some of the biggest challenges is that, yeah, I've heard people talk about mentors, and it's hard for me to get there. I heard people talk about advocates to help me get from that to that next role or that next opportunity. I've heard people talking about sponsors and that type of thing, but I haven't seen, you know, someone like reach across the aisle and, and tap me, you know, on, on the shoulder and like, all right, you, I want you to work with me. I want you to be a part of my group. What would you want to say to those individuals so they can make the changes that are necessary to get that next step? It's important to, um, I've used this word a lot, but, you know, network with those that you aspire to, to follow. And so I've said to many people, you know, the networking can be just, can I have a few minutes of your time and understand how you got to where you are and, and ask the critical questions, what do, you know, what would you, similar to what you're asking me, you know, if you had to do it differently, would you take a different track? How would you do it? What's your advice for uh, young, new um, leaders? How do they grow and continue? And then being able to process that and model that. 
Um, I think it's, it's important to, to sit and be able to hear those things and put them in practice, but also, if possible, put yourself in that um, situation as um, young people who are either, you know, in school now, you know, beginning to matriculate out, you know, is there an opportunity for a residency, a fellowship, uh, even a volunteer opportunity so that you can get to know that industry and know this industry in healthcare and make sure that it is where you want to be. The beauty of healthcare is that there are so many different options out there. And that's one of the things I love to tell young people is that, you know, many young people think doctor, you know, nurse, but the, the avenue is so big. And so the opportunities, and so it's, it's always a good thing to have young, you know, potential master's program graduates come into the hospital specifically um, because that's where I am and see where the opportunities are. If they like marketing, there's opportunities. Are, are they more into human resources? They are just, or are they wanting to take a clinical track? And it, it can be nursing or it can be respiratory or imaging or so there's, there's so many opportunities. And I think that's what's so important for um, young people and aspiring, you know, healthcare individuals to, to see is that there are, there are so many different avenues. And from those avenues, it can lead to leadership if that's what you want. Um, but to also make sure you're coming into this environment for the right reason. And, and I stress that we are here for a mission to serve the people that come to us as patients. And that should be the focal point of why you're in this environment. Um, because it's a challenging environment. And so you have to be here for the right reason. And that's so important. I totally agree. I know when I went to your facility, the overwhelming feeling that I got as we would go down the halls is that everybody was paying attention to what was happening. If somebody was coming through with a patient in, um, you know, in a bed, people would get out of the way. It made sure that they would do that. And then they would ask, well, what else do you need? Do you need any help? Do you need to call anybody? It was a truly a village at work helping each other. I noticed that right off the bat. And I noticed it throughout, no matter what your role or responsibility was, that was the overarching experience that was happening. And I, I truly appreciated that. And I appreciate you uh, for taking the time to talk to me uh, today. So if my audience would like to get in touch with you, what, what is the best way them to do that? Best way is uh, email, and that's fturnley at mhs.net. And so definitely welcome to hear from any of your listeners. Well, this has been wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Thank you for being a guest on the Follow Brand Podcast. I encourage everyone to tune in to all the episodes on Follow Brand at www.5starbdm. That's B for Brand for development and for masters.com until next time take care felicia thank you so much granny it was a pleasure you're welcome